Welcome to Texas Veterans Mean Business, a production of the Entrepreneur Program of Texas Veterans Commission. I'm Christina Mortel, business consultant with the Veteran Entrepreneur Program. We finish our first season on a positive note, interviewing Shai Amos of Shy Speaks & Company, LLC. Shy Speaks is 100% women veteran-owned business in Texas, and as you may have figured out, Shy relies on her voice for her living. As a voice talent, artist, rapper, and speaker, Shy's mission is to infuse a positive and spiritual message into urban culture through the arts and through the power of her voice. She is in the people business and has been for over five years. When COVID hit, Shy, like so many others, had to pivot and get creative for business survival. Here's her entertaining and refreshing story. Shy, tell us a little bit about yourself, about Shy Speaks and Company, and why you started the company. In 2011, I was finishing up a master's program. I had already landed my first job. I was like, okay, I'm about to get this job. I'm about to start making this money, and I'm going to be contributing to the bottom line of the company, which is great. But there was something burning inside of me that wanted to contribute to the bottom line of culture. I wanted to really contribute to culture in a different way because I care a lot about people and impacting them as much on a personal level as I can. And so I knew that I had skills and talents and gifts and things like that with being able to do uh, poetry and rap and sing. And I knew that if I could put all those together and speaking and all of that, I could build a brand, be on platforms and impact people. But a little bit about myself is that I am actually from Dallas. I went to UT Dallas. I got a master's from UT Dallas. I'm a Dallas girl through and through. My passions have always been in the arts and entertainment and business. My business degree is really focused on logistics. My degree is supply chain management, and I knew that I wanted to major in that because of my time and tenure in the military. When I was in the military, I was a 92 Yankee, right? 92 Yankee, that's what we would say in the Army. And mm -hmm. I was a logistics specialist. And from doing that, I knew that if I ever do business, I want to always be in operations in the logistics of things. And so that's my heart, operations, management, and business, and then arts and entertainment. A little bit about me and why I started my company. So you have the left <laughs> and the right brain working very hard. Okay, so that's awesome. I loved your comments about culture and your desire to really impact that. One of the reasons I wanted to interview you, Shai, was because I listened to you and I say this woman is in the business of people. And I love mm -hmm. that. And that's why I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing day to day in the business of people. I think you mentioned previously that you actually are focused on three different markets. And this is the other reason why I love this whole business aspect that you've segmented your market from a business standpoint, even though you've got a very people and human inspirational thought process behind that. So you've got an educational component, a Christian segment, and your mainstream music hip-hop spoken word segment. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about each one of those first, and then we'll dive into about how COVID has impacted you. I like to always tell people that my mission is to reinfuse positivity and spirituality into urban culture through the arts and the power of my voice. And that mission alone and the way I create my messaging is so inspirational, if you will, motivational, spiritual, and all of that at the same time. And so it allows me to be in the faith-based community. That positivity and that motivation allows me to be in the education and in the school market. 
And then, of course, just being able to do music, period, and using the arts allows me to be in the mainstream market. One of my favorite markets is the one you actually chose to talk about, which is that educational space where I work in schools and colleges, but primarily focus on middle and high schools. I really love students in that phase. The way I do that is I take the positive messaging and I focus on social emotional behavior and I push them towards the idea of college and career readiness. Now, that sounds really wordy, but it doesn't go like that when I'm with the students. It's all fun. It's interactive and all that type of stuff. That's really what's happening. I'm helping them think about being an overcomer because that's what I am. I'm helping them think about discipline because that's what I fostered through my years of experience, through my time in the military. I'm helping them imagine themselves using that discipline, using those positive moral-based decision-making skills that I talk to them about in my assemblies with them in workshops to focus on their careers. If they're moving towards college or career or whatever, that's pretty much what I do in that space. The teachers love it. They love for somebody to come in and get the students energized, not just the teachers, the principals. They love that because students need to be inspired and they need to be encouraged and they need to be motivated towards right and positive things. I love the fact that you're kind of capturing the audience while they're still young, they're being formed. They haven't totally, if I may say, become jaded yet. I mean, they're still very much open and willing to listen and have positive influence in their life. So how do you feel the students react to the message? The thing about students, as long as it's wrapped in a cool package, they'll receive it. And so I think that's my competitive (laughs) advantage is that my art form, of course, I sing, I can say, and I do poetry, but I also rap and my presentations are done with me and a DJ. And this DJ and I are interacting in a really cool way. And the students just eat up the art of the matter. I have a Latin DJ, I'm African-American woman, and there's a cultural construct there. He's speaking Spanish, he's playing music. We're doing all the, the culture things. We're doing all the fun, cool stuff, but we are sprinkling in and massaging in messages that make them go, hmm, okay, yeah, I want to be like, yeah, that's me. I want to be like that. I want to be a leader. I want to have more pride in my own decision makings. I want to be more committed in my character. It just happens. They have a lot of aha moments. Students give us a ton of feedback. They're part of my following and all that kind of stuff. They keep up with me. And so many students even reach out afterwards and they're like, man, I really loved what you said here. And that part touched me there. And I think they accept it well um, in the moment, but more so afterwards, they have a lot of aha moments. I think it's great that you're providing educational message, so to speak, in an entertaining way. And of Mm -hmm. course, that's always a great mix. Tell us a little bit about your hip hop and your spoken word and how you incorporate that into the business. One of the things I said about my mission is that it is to reinfuse positivity and spirituality into urban culture, again, through the arts and the power of my voice, right? And Mm -hmm. so that positivity allows me to be in the mainstream music market as the person who is motivational, who is inspirational, especially as it relates to hip hop that is not always known for having a predominant message of positivity. The thing about me is I'm actually from the inner city. I'm from the hood, if you will. I'm from the very adverse background. I was an at-risk youth and all of that. But I think that I came out of that in a different way. And a lot of times, to me, the other side of the coin is not a story that's told. You hear about how difficult it is to navigate that type of strain through hip-hop artists. And then they talk about how they kind of gave into the struggle and 
became jaded, if you will. But there's not this other side of a person who's able to take that mixture of the environment and the poverty and the lack thereof with the family structure and create something beautiful out of it. But there are a lot more people than hip hop gives it credit. And I think it's my responsibility to be that voice, to be that balance, to say, I'm from this context, but this is my outcome and this is how I navigated it. And it, it was a lot more positive. I don't have this long record of all this wrong. I tell the story and I represent a lot of people, but from a different side of the coin. And so through that, I've been able to be at festivals, open up for artists, you know, for example, Ludacris or Jeezy or some artists like that, that you wouldn't necessarily, you just know they're uh, hip hop artists, but you don't necessarily think of them as having positive messaging or inspirational, but they want me to be their opener. They want me there because they want, for one, a woman, and they also want the other side of the coin. They want it to be balanced. They want me to bring that positivity and spirituality. So I've had amazing success with doing that. I've actually was featured on an album that was produced by artists named Lecrae and Zay Tobin, and it won a Dove Award and all that type of stuff. Also, on the spiritual side of things, for me, uh, spirituality through the form of Christianity, I'm welcome into the faith-based space. I get to do things in churches. I get to do things at conferences that are spiritual, if you will, because my messaging fits there as well. What I stand for, what I represent is great there as well. I was on Kirk Franklin's album. Kirk Franklin's album won a Grammy, so I technically am a Grammy award-winning artist. I know, right? I feel like the spiritual side of things is a meaningful way. And I feel like that even in the mainstream market, I kind of get to be there and be a positive representation. I really, really love what we do. And another thing that we do is whether you're talking about, you know, the Christian market or segment, the mainstream market, educational, any of that, I have this other aspect of my business, which is e-commerce. So it's not just me using my voice and using my art. It's also this e-commerce side where, where I have merchandise and all the merchandise is motivational and inspirational clothing and apparel and stuff like that. So, Man, that so it didn't matter what segment you meet me in, clothing like that can resonate with you. Anybody can wear something that speaks positivity and speaks life and light. And so that's one of my favorite sides is that I kind of have this 360 view going on and I get to make apparel that helps other people rock apparel that says, hey, think positive, be positive. That whole aspect right there, that's pretty much how I get to do what I get to do in the all markets, and then even when I'm not using my voice, just just using the merch and uh, all the apparel and stuff like that to encourage people. Well, I love the fact that you have this positive message and that your brand is consistent across all the three or four segments that you're working and that it's positive, right? And it's really yields you so much success. And I, I'm so happy that that has been the case, that you've been working so hard, that you've been doing it full time now for over five years or longer, and that it's really given you a lot of satisfaction. And I think that that's wonderful. Naturally, I do want to ask you a little bit, though, about what happened or how are you doing now with COVID and how has COVID impacted any of the work that you're doing? And obviously, everyone's being affected by it. Before COVID, business was was doing well, I assume. So tell me now, how has COVID affected your business today? The volume of business totally decreased in the sense of the live event segment. I mentioned opening up at concerts and being at festivals and being at schools. And it's usually hundreds of people that I'm in front of at a time. With COVID, we're not gathering people by the hundreds of thousands anymore. And so 
my platforms have really decreased in that regard. But like I mentioned, I do have the e-commerce and the, the merch. I've called it e-commerce from a business side. It's really a brand, like a brand mm-hmm. of clothing and it's a lifestyle brand, so to speak. And um I do still have that, and so I've been able to maintain, like, digital marketing of my clothing brand, and I've been able to continue to have sales online from people who are still wanting to patronize that type of clothing and apparel. And so that's been helpful, but I had event after event after event cancel. But to my surprise and also probably even effort, I was able to increase the quality of my events by moving into the virtual space. Mm -hmm. And so I had to repackage my presentations in such a way that I can present them from home, make sure I have the right equipment, I have to make sure I have the right lighting so that I'm still being presented in a professional polished way when I'm doing virtual events, if I'm doing it from home, or if I'm going into a space, especially like a church or uh, a school or something like that, where they're saying we're having only 10 people and only 15 people can be here. And I just had to repackage the way I present things. It's not as interactive with the people, but I have to keep in mind that this is for people And as a result, I've still gotten some work on that contract side of things. But initially, it really impacted me in a rough way. Like all of a sudden, five events were canceled. Well, when events were being canceled for normal people who are just the patrons of those events, it's like, oh, event is canceled. But for me, that's like thousands of dollars at a time that's being canceled. And so um, I can smile about it now because, like I say, we were able to transition into more of the virtual space and doing some virtual workshops for schools and doing some virtual events and doing some stuff from home. You'll be able to continue to make waves and make strides. But it's been crazy. It's been It's been different. <laughs> But during this time, I've increased another aspect of my business that was kind of really on the back burner. Is I've been able to increase doing more voiceover work and voice talent work because that stuff is stuff that can be done remotely. So I've pretty much totally pivoted from the live space and leaned more into the virtual or remote work that I could get done. Well, I'm glad that you were able to adapt. Um, I mean, I think that that's one of the main things, obviously, as a business owner, you have to do. And I'm so glad that actually moving into the virtual space created a new experience for you and allowed you to repackage what you're doing and keep your following and potentially even building uh, a new following. So exactly, um, it's really good to hear. And it's also uplifting to so many business owners who may be struggling right now and thinking, you know, how can I get myself out of this rut that they may be experiencing because of the slowdown in the economy or their customers not being able to afford to do business right now. So I think it's really helpful that in addition to you running a good business, you've got a positive message to share that's going to help everyone. Tell me, Chai, from the COVID experience, what do you think has been the most important lesson that you've learned? I think that the most important lesson for me, it would probably be to continually invest in your business in ways that will support where you feel like business in general is heading in the future. So to make that clear, we all know that technology is really advancing almost at the speed of what they say, lightning, right? And so if it's happening like that, that's going to affect the business model. And so you need to just kind of go ahead and start being prepared. One of the things that I needed to do, I needed to have, like I talked about previously, I needed to have lighting, I needed to have microphones, I needed to have technology, some software, some things like that so that I can continue to present what I have to present. And then not even just for me being the front-facing artist of it or the speaker, 
to be clear, this is Shy Speaks and Company. It's not just me. Like, I actually have a team of people that's affected if we don't do enough volume in sales, if we don't do enough volume in bookings, and we don't do enough volume in events. I have a small team. It's three people. But we were used to meeting in person. But now we have to make sure we transition over into the you know, the type of software where we can not just meet virtually, but we can even, you know, have a project management software where we can track our work and do all things remotely. You should just go ahead, even if things don't look like that's the way your business model is, like I don't have to have this and I don't have to have that. It's not going to hurt you to go ahead and make those investments in your company so that you can have the workflows, you can have the meeting space so that when transitions happen, you're already ahead of the curve. And in some ways, my team and I we were ahead of the curve and in other ways, we had to catch up and catch the wave. And so that's what I would encourage people to do. Get the equipment, download the software, just go ahead and get ahead of the thing. I agree with you because we have been really trying to help veterans, business owners think about how to prepare themselves for the next iteration of whatever the future holds, whether it be another wave of COVID or if the economy fully opens up at some point, use this time to get the tools they need, like you said invest if they can in the business so they can be even stronger and better during this time of reset, if you will, to be even more successful moving forward. So I think that that's really essential what you had indicated that really make those decisions about investing in your people, in your tools, in your company, and spend the time working in the business and on the business. One thing too, I wanted to ask you though, so based on all this investment that you've made or that you're making with your team, what do you think will be some of your goals for the future? We're focusing on developing a program specifically for the educational market, specifically for schools where we will be able to do presentations, video presentations, live stream presentations. It's really caused me to realize that there's a lot that I can do that can be repackaged into being able to be digested live stream or virtually via video, all of that. And that's what we really want to do. That's my goal is to create a video series, is to create a program and curriculum that could be given to counselors. Counselors have to put together a lot of social emotional learning type of things for students. And when students get back, we talk a lot about adults and how they are affected. We're talking a lot about me and how I'm affected as a business owner and how it affects my team of people that work with me. But we have to think about those students. They have really gone through a really, really rough transition and they'll need to be energized towards staying balanced in a social emotional way. And I think one of the things that would be helpful for counselors to have would be a series of videos that we put together and we walk through some of the the pillars that they need to think about. Those things can be given to counselors. The counselors can distribute it to classrooms during student study time, and they can share a five-minute video that just kind of gets students thinking about themselves and their social environment, gets students working through some of the difficult emotional things they have to work through. That's a goal of ours, and we really hope to see that accomplished. I really think that that will be impactful. Your message is so definitely needed. And it sounds like your future plans seem so hopeful and exciting. Really touching kids is so important. These students really need a positive image and a positive message because so much around them seems kind of doom and gloom sometimes. And mm-hmm. we have to remember that we have to look out for our next generation. Shy, if our subscribers want to learn more about Shy Speaks and Company, like how would they get a hold of you? Give us a little bit on how we can reach out to you. I do appreciate you for even bringing me 
me on to share with you and to share with the listeners. And if anybody would like to be in contact with me, I'm really active on social media with the people who choose to engage with me at Sha Speaks on both Facebook and on Instagram. That's at and then S-H-Y-S-P-E-A-K-S at Shy Speaks. But the best way to be in contact with me is to go to my website, shyspeaks.com. That's shyspeaks.com. If you go there, you can check out what we have going on. I update the site regularly. Actually, almost first, even before social media, I like to get things to my website and to my email subscribers. And once you go to my website, you can get on my email list, not just to be on another email, but to literally be able to be a part of some positivity and some inspiration being pushed into culture. And I'll keep you abreast on what we have going on, what we have upcoming, and how you can even help me or partner with me in the future. Shai, thank you so much for your time today. I loved your message, and I'm very excited for you and your business and your team. And I really think that your message will totally resonate with the other veteran-owned businesses here in Texas. I want to thank Shai Amos for being my guest on the podcast today. You can learn more about Shai Speaks LLC by visiting her website, shyspeaks.com. We will close out the show today with Shai's positive song, King. Enjoy. We will be back with more shows in September. But just in case you need to hear from the queen